Blog Talk Radio. I have an emergency. What is your location? Indeed, there is a war going on every day, all the time, for the souls of each one of us. Lord, we just pray, Father, today that you'd open our eyes, give us wisdom and revelation to understand the signs of the times, to understand what you're saying to us, to understand clearly, interpret the signs clearly, to understand that you've not only given us a place of warning, but a place of encouragement that you're coming again. So I pray, Father, you give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to receive the revelation of your truth without fear. And that you have given us power over all the power of the enemy. You died on the cross. You've assigned us. You have um, equipped us, Lord God, to do the work that you've called us to do in this kingdom of darkness. That the kingdom of God will prevail. And I thank you, Jesus, that you have promised us divine protection as well. That no weapon formed against us will prosper. So we're asking for that divine covering over us. That the prince of the power of the air is bound and cannot mess with this broadcast that the powers of darkness that bring discouragement, health, destruction would also be brought to naught and that you would prevail, Lord, against our enemy. And we ask these things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, honey. Well, good morning. Good morning. Well, at this broadcast, we are the day after the August 21st eclipse. The total solar eclipse, right. And so the question today we're going to be asking is, what are you looking at um, in these days of... um, distraction and noise and uh, distress all around. Uh, What actually are we looking at? What are we to look for? Um, These signs, a a sign is what? A sign is uh, an indication of something. Um, Right, right. A sign is an indication. It's, um, it it can be also, you know, we think of a sign like a roadside sign It's 20 miles to Minneapolis or whatever. Uh, It can be an act or a happening uh, re- recognized as a miraculous demonstration of power or a thing uh, or a happening that foretells a future event. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of a definition. Mm-hmm. Well, but, I, I see signs as, as we use them for location to right. reveal our location where we are in reference to our destination. Uh, that would be like your signs, road signs. But a sign can also be to reveal where you are in reference to time. How close are we to something or is something happening? So either time or location. Signs can be for times or locations, um, and both when you put them together equal events. So a sign is to pre-warn uh, you uh, about a, an up-and-coming event. And Jesus talked about signs. As a matter of fact, that was quite a big discussion in, in the Bible itself. And even when Jesus came down here uh, in Matthew 16, just to start with this, and then we'll go back to the Old Testament. But he said, um, the Pharisees, verse 1 of 16, Matthew Uh, came testing him, asking him uh, to show them a sign from heaven. And he answered them and said, here's here's your common signs. When it's evening, you know it will be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be fall weather because for the sky is red. And threatening hypocrites, you know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the sign of the times. A hypocrite is someone who does one thing and says another. He's He's contradictory. He says, a wicked An adulterous generation seeks after a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. Now, here's how the devil has kind of twisted that last verse. People don't want to know. I don't need a sign. I don't want a sign because if I have a sign, I'll be be equated or gathered in with the wicked and adulterous generation that seeks after a sign. But that's not a correct interpretation because in the very beginning, in Genesis 1.14, God created the sun, the moon, the lights, the stars as Signs for signs. Go ahead, read. Let me read this. Yeah, Uh, Genesis one fourteen. Then God said, "Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years." So God is the one who started the idea of signs, and so He obviously He's giving signs through the sun, the moon, the stars, and He wants us through the constellations, through the configuring of the galaxies or whatever. He wants us to understand the sign, not say, well, I can't look because if I look, I'm, an, I'm part of that wicked and adulterous generation. That's um, a demonic and simplistic interpretation 
Well, and then there's a twisting of that when we get into astrology and horoscopes and so forth. That's a perversion. Right. And, the and, and the occult is all about knowing ahead of time, too. So it's like God is giving us signs when it's time for the sign. He wants you to pay attention to the sign. And kind of interesting observation on my part from what I was meditating last night about the eclipse yesterday was that um, nobody, I, we watched a secular news channel as they reported the sun and moon moving across the, the nation. Not one mention, not one mention of the name or word God, and not one mention of the word sign. No one put the two together. No one, all they talked about was, ooh and ah, and how awesome and wonderful, and, and it's basically nothing connecting it with anything significant or important that would make it a sign of anything. Right. It was, it was kind of a, you know, sort of an entertainment thing. It was sort of like a party almost atmosphere. Yeah. People get, it's fun. People a big together. national event. Yeah. yeah. A big national event, people gathering together, people driving up to, you know, 14 hours yeah. to one spot just to, to observe a, a few minutes of the eclipse and so forth. So, uh, but yeah, but so we're, we're taken up with the, with the, the event itself, mm-hmm. but without, really understanding the significance. What does this really mean? Other than from a strictly scientific point of view where, you know, the, there's the alignment between the earth and the well, sun. Well, you moon. know, one of the things that we observed actually very interesting, and we're going to put this up on the website later today, Lord willing, uh, LifeRecovery.com, is that when we pulled out the iPad and used the um, Constellation app, uh, that when we looked up at the sun, at this eclipsing sun moving through our area uh, of Minnesota, we looked up and we saw it in the constellation Leo. The sun was right there in the heart, Judah, the line of Judah. And I thought that was very interesting that it was passing through the heart of Leo the lion. Um, and at that very point in time when we happened to look up and also, interesting enough, right under the constellation Leo was the constellation Hydra, which is a serpent, totally looks like a serpent. Um, and it's like the lion's foot was crushing the head because the head was right under his foot, uh, the lion's foot. And then right off to the left was the Virgo constellation, the Virgin. And that we get to in Revelations chapter 12. As a matter of fact, just for a sign and to jump ahead a little bit, and maybe we'll have to do this in two weeks, is there is that Revelations 12 sign of the, of the woman clothed with the, the sun, moon under her feet, and the constellations. But <clears throat> let's go back and look how this came upon us, with uh, starting in the Old Testament. Well, yeah, you see that, that in Joel, yeah, we read that in Genesis in Joel chapter 2, uh, verses 30 and 31. Uh, well, here, here's the deal. Uh, there's many different kinds of signs, you know, all, all the way through uh, history. We find it all through the Bible. God has ordained certain signs. He's given certain signs in the heavens and signs on earth. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we think of uh, a sun as being some astronomical thing. Well, no, that's not necessarily. There are many, many other signs that we read about in Scripture. And one of the things, again, looking at... Um, Pertaining to what we were talking, we've been hearing a lot about blood moons and so forth. He says, um, uh, act, uh, Joel chapter 2, verse 30 and 31, and I will show wonders in the heavens and the earth, blood and fire and pillar of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. When it comes, shall, shall come to pass that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We'll pause there. Mm-hmm. But um, So he says, I'll show wonders in the heavens and in the earth and blood and fire and pillars of smoke. Uh, the sun turned to darkness. Well, yesterday's eclipse uh, was just a tiny, you know, sun turned to darkness for a moment. Right. Um, but this actual final set of signs, I believe, is going to be very conclusive that we are in the terrible day of the Lord. Um, that is Moving coming upon us, it, and yeah. some people don't want to know about this. You know the, <clears throat> this you know, people yesterday, for example, they were not they were thinking of this as some sort of a a chance 
accident, random scientific happening, whatever. But it was unalarming. There was no alarm attached to this solar eclipse. In the secular community, there is no alarm. They're not receiving the indications. They're not picking up on the signs. Uh, it's like they're, they're dull. They don't even see them. Like in the Old Testament, many of these signs were given for warning, for prophetic or authenticating various things. But yesterday, they were not picking up on any of it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Yesterday, it's talking about, you know, there's so many things. If you go on YouTube and so forth, you read about, you know, Christian people, prophetic teachers that speak about the significance uh, or possible mm-hmm. significance. Right. This. And there was a lot of that, wasn't there? There was a lot of that. And, of course, today in the aftermath, there's all kinds of things that you can go on YouTube mm-hmm. and, 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 and look at. Um, you know, what, what Jesus said in Luke chapter 21, go there just for a moment, uh, talking about the uh, signs in the heavens and so forth. Let's look at Luke chapter 21, and we will look at verse, uh, just verse 25 for now. He says, and... Uh, there will be signs in the, hev- in the sun, right. in the moon, and in the stars, and yeah, on the verse earth. 25, yep. Distress of nations and perplexity as the sea and the waves roaring. Um, then man's hearts will fail them for fear and for expectation of those things which are coming upon the earth. For the powers of heaven will be shaken then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws nigh. So these are signs for the drawing nigh of our redemption, it sounds like. Yeah, so it's pointing to something like a sign. It's, it's, it talks about time, location, destination, talks about an event. The, the significance right. of a sign is not the sign itself or what the sign is pointing to. Well, here's another thing, though. If people never ask, what do you make of it? What is this? If, you know, they don't even notice it as a sign. They only think of it as an, uh, a happening, you know, just a, well, yeah, something an to event. experience, an event. Right. But it has no moral ramifications. It has no divine uh, information attached to it. They're, just, they're not even asking, what do you make of it? Uh, but in the Christian community and in the, in the believers, there's a different... Uh, um, I don't know, attitude, yeah, approach, right, exactly. So they've taken it apart in many ways, and some of the people have done excellent jobs in looking at the signs uh, of the the eclipse, what that can mean, and the dating, and the the numbers that kind of, there is no coincidence here, as you're going to show in a minute, the the numbers in reference to the solar eclipse and to the dates and the numbers between it uh, and the end of September here, the 23rd, which is Rosh Hashanah, uh, it's the beginning of the Day of Atonement, all kinds, of, I mean, I mean the Month of Atonement, I'm sorry. All of these kinds of things, yesterday was Elul 1, wasn't it? The Jewish Month of Repentance? Right, right, yeah, and supposedly that's the, uh, August 21st is Elul 1 on the J- J- Jewish calendar. Mm-hmm. Supposedly that's the day, it's a month of repentance. That leads up to the 23rd, uh, 22nd, 23rd of September, which is the... Um, the day, the day of atonement and the end of their year. The so pre- there's 40 days of between, you know, um, this 21st and the 23rd of uh, September, 40 days of prayer, fasting, uh, supplication unto the Lord. Right, right. Well, supposedly, too, according to uh, historically, that supposedly the Elul 1 was the day that Jonah left for Nineveh. To preach in Nineveh, and and I and I, I huh. we understand from history that there was a great plague that had been in Nineveh at the time, and then there's also a solar eclipse before, right Jonah at preached? the time Jonah uh-huh. preached repentance. So well, they looked nice. to the heavens and they looked to the, what was happening among them. They figured, man, we better repent. And they feared God. It there was, was actually fear of God that came. The combination, the mercy of God, to allow these signs to come together at the same time. Actually, isn't it true that um, oftentimes after a solar eclipse, there are catastrophic yeah, kind of events, earthquakes so, and plagues and things. Right, not so much. Uh, for for example, there was the, the last solar eclipse we had was in, in 1918, which was the year my mother actually was born. Uh, but there was a, a plague, a flu pandemic that hit the United States at that time. Well over 600,000 people died mm-hmm. in that pandemic. Um, so, yeah, there can be great signs that 
following the signs, uh, following the actual yeah, actually, date yeah. of those things, there can be various uh, disasters that, that have, have taken place historically mm-hmm. and, and many believe would uh, be happening again. Um, as right. a result of this. So um, one of those numbers include like, so for example, there was 70 miles, the kind of the uh, uh, 70 miles, wasn't it? The, the Right. The, the swath of, of, of totality. In other words, I was just give you a few things from uh, Michael yeah. Snyder, S N Y D E R. You can look him up on YouTube and so forth, but he was talking about um, it's, it, the, it began in Oregon. Okay. The the, mm-hmm. the totality yeah. began in Oregon, uh, which is the 33rd state. It ends in South Carolina, ended in South Carolina, which is on the 33rd parallel. 200 August 21st was the 233rd day of the year. 33 days before September 23rd, Jesus was 33 when he died. Uh, the um, Let's see, it's nine, three times 33 is 99, which goes, takes us to the end of the year. The first big city uh, where the eclipse started was Salem, Oregon, which is named after Jerusalem. And at sun, sunrise in Jerusalem, the sunrise, is, sunrise in Salem, Oregon, is at the same time the sun sets in Israel. Mm, at the start of the, yeah, right there. So... And the center line of total darkness, uh, you know, crossed all the all these states. It's a 70, 70 mile wide mm-hmm. uh, swath of of uh, totality. You know, at the at the full eclipse, uh, seven is God's perfect number. Ten is the number of completeness. There's a lot of things about seventy. Mm-hmm. Jesus sent out seventy. There's mm-hmm. many seventies in the scripture. Uh, the next solar eclipse in the United States is in seven years to mm-hmm. 20, 224. And uh, the total time, uh, 2024, the total time for both eclipses is seven minutes. Mm-hmm. So and, the other the one, other, the next one is going to... With the next one mm-hmm. combined with this one be yeah. seven minutes. And the crisscross, X marks the spot where it crosses, I think it's near uh, Carbondale, Illinois, right in that area. Okay. That's where the next one's going to cross. X marks the spot, and it the, the the exact center where they're supposed to cross is right next to Salem Road in Illinois, mm. Salem Road, and uh, it's also right in there. It's crisscrossing right over the uh, Madrid fault. The line, New Madrid, yeah. New Madrid fault line, where you know actually the there's eclipse. other prophecies talked about mm-hmm. you know the nation divided into three and so forth. Which could, you know, some many, you know, seismologists and prophecy teachers, with all, you know, on this seventy-mile swath went over all the fault lines from northwest yeah, to that. southeast. Which really, the, these are they're well, scientists three of the major that have fault major, lines and, yeah, mm-hmm. they have major concerns about these bringing. If these things go, there could be like a nine point zero earthquake that could really just basically put a huge uh, crack or chasms mm-hmm. and, and many people would perish throughout the United States. So, so that's, that's just a well, little taste of, say, of the significance, yeah. uh, the possible significance. We're not saying this is going to happen, right. but, but it's very interesting how you, if you put all these things together, mm-hmm. uh, what you come up with, and there's men, much more, that we can say about right. that, but well, you know the right the the sun they say is a sign or a warning to the Gentiles. Gentiles, and the moon is used by God to warn the Jewish people. Right, because we are uh, Gentile nations or Western. We're on the solar calendar. Mm-hmm. The uh, nation of Israel is on a lunar calendar. Their months are based on the, the moon rather mm-hmm. than the sun. And it's interesting too that um, I believe that there's 1,260 days calculated between the first blood moon which was in april 15th of 2014 and the um september 22nd which is the 23rd which is rosh hashanah now it's very interesting that this next month that we're in the month we're in right now is a month that's critical uh to by the time we get to rosh hashanah of this year we have got many anniversaries and jubilees we have a jubilee of 50 years the time of freedom for the country of israel we have uh, 2017 is the 50th anniversary of Israel taking control of 
Jerusalem, which right. happened in 1967, the 70th anniversary of Roswell and the Dead Sea Scrolls, which was in 1947, the 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation, and the capturing Jerusalem, which was in 1517. We see all kinds of things coming at this Feast of the Trumpets, and the Feast of the Trumpets is the next feast that's on the calendar of Jesus to fulfill. He's fulfilled the first uh, four, I believe it is, and Rosh Hashanah, the ingathering, the, the harvest, the gathering in of the harvest. I believe God is very concerned, if he's concerned, but very aware that the next big event needs to be the harvest, the ingathering of the souls. And as it would look right now, that is as far from happening and as, as looking impossible as it possibly could uh, because of the way the enemy has set up the, the, the hearts and minds of men and to be blinded to these signs, to be, uh, you know, just they don't get it. They don't have what it, the signs. Let's just look at Matthew 24 for a second. Um, that's a, the chapter we look at the most when it comes to um, Jesus talking about the end. And there's three questions in the beginning that the disciples ask him. Uh, in verse three, he sat down on the Mount of Olives and the disciples came to him privately saying, okay, so now listen to what they're asking. Tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Now, just previous to that, they had been admiring the temple. And then Jesus, verse one, departed from the temple and his disciples came to him and showed him the buildings of the temple. So they're talking about the temple. And Jesus said to them, do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone will be left here upon another until all that shall not be thrown down. So they're talking about the stones of the temple. They're actually talking about the, the building, the temple. The temple was the center of Jewish uh, worship, religion, the sacrifices. That was their way of getting atonement. They brought their lambs. They were sacrificed on the Passover. They were eaten. They were keeping the, um, the feast of Passover, which was uh, initiated back in Moses and Egypt. Uh, when they killed the lamb, put the blood on the doorpost, and the, and the death angel passed over them. So this was their whole, um, this was their whole thing that they had been set up to believe. Jesus is saying here, shocking news, guys, that he said, they said, tell us when will these things be? When will this be that this, the temple, the stones, will be thrown down and destroyed? And, and then what will be the sign of your coming and at the end of the age? These are three different times, three different questions. Well, the actual... 70 years um, after Jesus died on the cross, or in the 70 AD, sorry, they, the temple was destroyed completely. Every stone was removed from every other stone, and all the gold between the cracks was, was taken out by the, the Roman armies. And th- that destroyed, really, the centerpiece of Judaism and trying to find their atonement, their reconciliation with God in the blood of the Lamb's sacrifice. There's no more, more way, they, even to this day, they cannot atone for their sins by bringing a lamb to the temple because the temple is not there. So all, so Jesus, and by the way, that temple contained all of the records, uh, the genealogies, the information uh, of the various tribes and their lineages. And, and Jesus, because he was the king, the king of David, the, the, the descendant, the, the, the rightful heir to the king of kings, the throne of David, there was no more need to keep the records. And so... There's nothing after Jesus. It all stops with Jesus. And it's interesting that Jesus was in, interest, introducing the, a new way, the way of grace, the way of the cross. And so it's very interesting that this thing was all removed, destroyed. So that question has been answered. So the second question, uh, the sign of your coming and of the end of the age, and they're not the same thing. Jesus is coming. Uh, he's coming several times. He's coming with the saints on white horses. In what is it, Revelation 19? Right. Yep. And he's also coming again to judge the nations. Um, and there, at some point, there may be a rapture in there where people are caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. Um, but he says, but before all that happens, he's saying many will, there'll be many, uh, there's going to be nations in trouble, at war, famines, pestilence. He says that's the everyday ordinary. These are the beginning of sorrows. Um, they're going to deliver you up to the tribulation, kill you, hate you. That's been going on forever and a day. That almost isn't a sign anymore. But now there's some new signs that many will be offended and betray one another and hate one another. And false prophets 
will rise up to deceive many. Well, where they're going to, they're going to be in the church, and then many there will be because of lawlessness. Are we not in that right now? Lawlessness, lawlessness. will abound. Terror, love of many grow cold. Um, but th- so these are uh, new signs. These are signs on the ground. People being offended. People being uh, angry, hateful. Well, these are these are signs that are really all through. You know, ever since the time of Jesus, and probably you know before. But they're that. more ex- accentuated they're more, now. They're more intensified in these yeah. days. You know, famines. You know, affect more people. Pestilences, disease. We have cancer, heart disease, Ebola, all kinds of things. Earthquakes in various places. Now constantly shaking. You know, there is so I heard that um, that around Yellowstone, there's mm-hmm. been just recently there's been like 1,400 earthquakes or tremors. Mm-hmm. So the the earth is is constantly trembling, trem- groaning trembling, and travailing. Groaning Creation and trailing, is groaning and travailing, and waiting they, for the return of the Lord. Basically, seismologists, people that that keep track of earthquakes, they are saying that they're increasing exponentially all, all over the world. You might not hear of a major one like, you know, in Italy or someplace. Uh, you might not hear of those that all that often, but there's more and more shaking going on. And, uh, you know, seismologists are really worried about these, um, these faults in the Pacific Northwest and the central United States and, and then and further east as well. So, <clears throat> but Jesus, but, but wasn't Peter um, talking in second Peter about the, the, false prophets, the false teachers, and then wasn't it there well, these the scoffers? About that too. Uh, the scoffers. So we have signs and we have scoffers. But behold, um, do not forget one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as a day. Now remember, God's timetable is really different than ours. Um, the Lord is not slack. This is Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but, the, but his long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will be passed away with great with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and its works and all that is in it will be burned up. Um, therefore, he's saying, what well, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in a holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God because of the, the heavens, which are being dissolved, which will be dissolved, being on fire. And the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, according to his promise for a new heaven and a new earth in which dwells righteousness. Um, I don't think a lot of people, I mean, there are some people that are, are um, looking, but there are also people who are saying uh, that, that, that are not, not looking at all. They're really looking in the wrong direction, knowing this, that, this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all these things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Right, right. Yeah, they're saying, well, people, you know, people have set dates. Remember, um, yeah. Remember, there was a book uh, yeah. booklet that was I circulated remember. in 1988, 88 reasons why Jesus is coming in 1988. So we don't set dates. People have set dates. People have cried wolf, and pretty soon nobody believes it. Nobody anymore. believes it anymore. And, and the signs of, become immaterial, ir- right? Irrelevant. They just don't even play any. T- well, things have always been that yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, another thing too here is we, Jesus mentioned about and the, one of the first things he says: take heed. In Matthew twenty four four, take heed that no one deceives you. Right. Many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, or I am an anointed one, and will deceive many. So one of the things that I think that puts people to sleep and distracts people and, and <clears throat> is this deception of false prophets. And sometimes we think, well, yeah, there's false prophets in the church, people that lead, you know, cult groups. There's, you know, there's, um, back in the day, there was what, Jim Jones back there, that had this cult that was highly publicized and they all committed suicide. And, but, but today false prophets are people who say people who teach evolution, mm-hmm. people uh, who, uh, oh, singularity, uh, transhumanism, fake news, singularity, yeah. wow. transhumanism, cloning, uh, news media uh, people, DNA manipulation, uh, you know, not all news media people, but those that are just, just bringing all kinds of lies and distractions. And you have, uh, you know, new age teachers, all that sort of stuff. So these, you know, uh, uh, false prophets. Well, you know, people that who actually, you know, people not just people in the church who set dates, but there are there's so much a twisting 
of the uh, scriptures yeah. too in our day. Churches, you know, there was the um, what do you call the um, this 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 movement? The, apostasy. Yeah. Well, there's Jesus said there's going to be an emergent. apostasy, the emergent church. That's what I'm trying to think of. Yeah. Because they're, they're basically it's kind of like you know you decide truth is pretty much decided by what you think it is. Or discussable. You know, or dis- it's discussable. Group, yeah. It's debatable. It's, and yeah. And we want to just uh, you know. No absolutes. No absolutes. Yeah, just yeah. absolutely no absolutes. And basically, <laughs> it's basically a departure from the the actually rightly dividing the, the word, word of God. truth. Yeah. Paul told Timothy, what? rightly divide it. Just bring yeah. it bring it into perspective. What does it really mean? What did it mean originally? What does it mean to us today? What does it mean to you? Because here's the bottom line: this is all going to just affect everybody. But it's your decision of your if you're going to be a scoffer or if you're going to be a, one who takes heed. And to the warning, um, you know, just because there were scoffers in 1988 and, and before that and after that, there will be people who are calling things that are not. Um, we can get skeptical. We can become, you know, jaded. Cynical. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, that doesn't take away from the uh, that's deliberate. That's di- diabolical deliberately to put people to that place of sleeping skepticism and have no interest. And they're just going to live their life because this is too big and crazy. And they don't want to they don't want to know. I just don't want to know. But back in the day of Jesus goes back and continues in his warnings in Matthew 24, um, verse 36. But but of that day and hour, no one knows, no, not even the angels of heaven, but my father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of man, the son of man be. For as in the days before the flood. Now, listen, what was going on before the flood? This was a, a critical time in human history. Um, that they were, uh, Noah was saying there's going to be a flood, there's going to be a flood, there's going to be a devastation, there's going to be a complete cataclysmic annihilation, as much as he would understand what a flood was. But he was building the boat and preaching, telling them to repent, telling them to get right with God. Um, this, by this time, this generation had become exceedingly evil. Conti- their imagination of their heart was Oh, only evil continually. At that point, they had they were still suffering under the cross pollination of fallen angels and human women that had created the Nephilim, that had created the giants, that had created, and then they then the demons crossed kinds, and and we have what we call the monsters and the the, the half human half animal oh, combinations yeah. of things. We had, and, and you know what? That was real. That was true. That truly happened. As a matter of fact, the DNA was so screwed up that it's said in Genesis 6 of Noah that he was the only one found righteous in his generations. He was the only one left with good DNA. And God had to put that DNA in a boat, a capsule, put them in a safe place, float them through the flood and get them back on dry land where they could start the, the repopulation of the earth with good, clean DNA. However, right. Go ahead. Right, because if there was not clean, pure DNA... The Messiah could not come, right? Mm-hmm. Because he had to be. The Messiah was a fully, fully God and fully and man. Fully man, not, not fully God and half man and half fallen angel. Because right, then he would exactly. have been. He would have been already corrupted, and there would have been Satan would have had a claim to him, and he would have not been qualified to die as as this pure, spotless uh, Lamb of God. But back to Noah for a second. So he's talking about Noah. He says, "For as it was in the days before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage." until the day that Noah entered the ark. There was even a wedding going on yesterday, which is fine, cool, cool time to have a wedding in the middle of a solar eclipse. I think that's kind of a creative idea. But the thing is, we're marrying, we're going to weddings, we're going to funerals, we're going to parties, we're eating, drinking, everything is as it was. You know, we're, we're building up our bank accounts, trying to play the stock market, whatever we're doing. Um, we're doing it. Uh, and they did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So there's, there's a real sense of a false uh, sense of security. Uh, uh, you know, we're so familiar with the signs um, that they become obscure in our everyday events. No one even, there's no remarkable significance or warning anymore because they're all the same. By the way, in the days of Noah, there were giants on the earth. And Jesus says, if you want to take it literally to the end, that there will be marrying, there will be people doing business, and there will be the return of the giants. Well, yeah, yeah. Another some people thing, freak out. Some people are making that their life's work to discover if indeed that's going to happen. And this is a sign that people think is not a sign at all. Because mm-hmm. what? Uh, marrying, giving in marriage, the just, ordinary? No, just 
going through ordinary life. Right. Just weddings, but that is a sign, exactly. Commerce, just everything as normal. Yes, that's is exactly. a sign. Is yes. a sign of that the coming the of the Lord. That preceded the flood and is going to precede it's, the coming of the right. Lord. Exactly. So, so it really, it really, it behooves those who know the Lord to mm-hmm. put this into perspective. Uh, you know, this this whole thing of, of signs and prophecy and so forth can get to be very complex. Uh, overwhelming. Overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It can be. It's different positions. <laughs> yeah. That have been debatable, yeah. you know, for for a long, about long time. About the timing time. of the events. But the thing is, let's okay. The signs. What what is what the point? That we say? we've got to come to the place of simplifying mm-hmm. this, even though it is very complex. Coming up with simple conclusions. Well, and one of this is that pointing to the return of, of Jesus, Jesus Christ. Exactly. It's exactly. not the sign itself, but yeah, there are all kinds of signs. But telling like us he's said, coming. What are they pointing to? Yes, there are. and you, you know can, what? If you, you don't want to believe that, you can ignore signs. Right. You it's, can ignore the signs, or you can be all taken up with the signs. Or you can be wise and be so informed it se- by it the signs. So it seemed like the people were taken up with the sign that they didn't see as a sign, just an event. Yeah, they were but, part of the sign. They yeah, didn't as, see as it. we observe across the nation. Because, but, because, like you said, Jerry, they don't want to know. They don't want to. Nobody wants. If you if you're not sold out to the Lord, you really don't want Him to come back and interfere with your life. And with your goals and with your schedule and with your parties and with whatever it is. And if you don't want to know about Jesus coming back, you won't know about it. And even when the book of Revelations begins to open up and the things, the, the bowls, the trumpets, the judgments, this, that, they still won't look up and get it. They will curse God, you know, and, and, but they won't seem to get it. Because, but one of the signs, you know, as you said, the, the very common, ordinary, everyday mundane things we're going through right now that was going on in the days of Noah that is continuing to be one of the signs of this day. Um, it, it, he goes on in Matthew 24. He says they, they will be, people will be, many will be offended. Verse six, uh, verse uh, 10, many will be offended. will be betray, betray one another. will hate one another. Many false prophets. I already read this and lawlessness will abound. The love of many will grow cold. This is part of what he's talking about in second Timothy um, where he talks about, oh, is it Second Timothy? Well, you're, well, you're, well, yeah, Second well, Timothy, perilous times will come in those days. Now, listen to this. If this isn't a description of the day, but he's describing it as a perilous day. The times will come. This will be a perilous day in the last days. But know this, at, in that, in the last days, uh, chapter 3, for Second Timothy, chapter 3, verse 1. But know this. That in the last days, perilous times will come. Now, if this does not describe our society and our world, I have no other, I have nothing to say. He says, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God having a form of godliness, but denying the pow- its power. And from such people turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into households and take captive, make captives of gullible women, loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, ever always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. <clears throat> this is where we're at today, where people are swallowed up in, in pain, distress, wickedness, confusion. And if you don't want to know the truth, God's not going to force you to know the truth. Right. In in Second um, Timothy 2, 7, or 3, 7 there, it says, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. You know, Daniel said in the last knowledge. days, uh, many shall run to and fro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and while I avoid, don't, don't we see that all over across over, yeah. the world. And always, uh, and knowledge shall increase. So yeah, we are digital you know, still society. in this, mm-hmm. in, we're buried in information. And, yeah. There is so much information that available to us now through the internet and so forth. We're learning, we're getting technologically smart, but spiritually we're becoming, we're not well, able to come to the knowledge of the truth for, the, the, for things, the most part. One of the things that happened in Romans when they refused the love of the truth, they refused the revelation of God. God gave them over, gave them up, it says, Gave them up to, this is um, Romans one twenty four. God gave them also up to uncleanness, to the lust of, the, of their hearts, 
to dishonor their bodies. And then verse 26, God gave them up to vile passions. Uh, again, the women exchange the natural use for what is against nature. And then in verse 28, God gave them over to a debased mind because they were beginning to what? Worship the creature rather than the creator who is, and, and, and yet they could see the creation all around them. So if you are given to lies, if you're taken over by lies, you, you, liars listen to liars and liars are deceived by lies. And so it's like there's two camps. There's the camp of the Lord and, and this is where you want to be in the camp of the Lord. And you have to really want that because the world is going to be pulling the magnetization, the, the spell casting, the, the abominations of the world to swirl, swirl in and sweep down and entertain and uh, siphon off and sedate and seduce the gullible, the young, the naive is absolutely almost inca- uncanny. Everywhere you look, there is an agenda. There is an agenda. Nothing is as it appears. Even the most simple, supposedly innocent Disney movie has an agenda. Everything has an agenda. Even your cereal, bought your colored imitation, Fruit Loops, Happy Junk, Lucky Charms. There is an agenda. We don't look at our life as a conspiracy. We look at it as I can do what I want. And, you know, it's a so-so kind of hoo-ha, whatever uh, whatever you call, you know, whatever you want to do, it's your, your call. That's not the true nature of this life at all. Well, just look around too. is, is, um, in the United States right now, it's just, there's, there's so much, there was talk about the, um, the eclipse kind of uniting people, people kind of get together and, you know, have a good time and, and, and observe this and so forth. But what's been happening is, is there's been so much uh, division and violence. It talks about uh, Matthew 24, 10, and then I want to look at Genesis 6 for just a moment, uh, a verse there. And then many will be offended. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. boy, there's all oh, oh, people, I'm offended by this. I'm offended by that. Every group is, ta- is Yeah, they find a way to I'm pick at. I'm offended by what you say or by what you do or what you said. And so it's pick, pick, pick at each other. Let's do a lawsuit. We yeah. betray one another. Husbands betray the wives. Wives anger. betray husbands. It's just normal. Traitor, traitor, uh, traitorism, Tra- tra- <laughs> traitorism, tra- betrayal, betrayal, and and, um, and and hating. There's just hating, and there's such venom that comes against this one is, another, against the well, president, all that sort of thing. It's interesting too. In in, in Genesis chapter six, um, uh, you know. Uh, verse 11 uh, in 12, the earth also was corrupt before God. You know, remember, basically it was rotten. <laughs> the earth was, and the earth was filled with violence. Isn't that what we have? From the TV to the, to the inner cities, to uh, wars and so forth. So God looked yeah. upon the earth and indeed it was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. So we're, we're in these, these we're in these days, the we're in these times, just intense. We've moved violence. away from everything that God has recommended. Everything. If right. you go back to Genesis, he said the four first four or five commandments he, he gave were, first of all, he made them male and female. We have rebelled against that concept of male and female. He united Adam and Eve in marriage. We've unite, we've, we've rebelled against that concept and definition of marriage. He said, be fruitful and multiply. We have rebelled against that concept and killed the babies, the fruit of our wombs, uh, with abortion. He said that I've given you, eat the fruit with the seed in it and the herb. We have defied that and said, don't touch our food. We're going to eat whatever we want to eat. And in all of these things, we have blatantly given God the finger. We have actually destroyed ourselves by rejecting his counsel. This human body is made organic. It's made by God. It needs certain living foods to be able to live. And seriously, people, this doesn't seem like a very spiritual concept, your food and what you eat, but it is very spiritual. It is very uh, powerful because it, in, in what you eat, you're demonstrating uh, submission and obedience to God or rebellion against God. And I'm not saying you can never eat a hostess Twinkie, but I sure wouldn't unless I were starving and it was the only thing on the desert island. And then I would probably not even eat it because the thing is, you know, people are being destroyed. Their physical bodies 
there are consequences to disobeying God. As we said, if we dare read it again in Romans, um, he said the consequences of dishonoring your bodies among each other gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Are we not worshiping the creatures? I mean, I can name some things that would probably offend people, but we are putting our our pets and our 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 creatures uh, superior monkeys. We, we we even agree that we've come from monkeys. I mean, some people have. Uh, so we're submitting ourselves, lowering ourselves, becoming less than uh, the creatures that God told us to. He said, "You, I give you dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air." He's given, and yet now we're not having taking dominion anymore. We're submitting to these things. Then he says, "God, for this reason, God gave them up to vile passions." For even their women exchange the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also men, leaving the natural use of women, burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. What is that penalty of their error? That could be what we would call and have called, been calling um, AIDS. Now, uh, even to this day, they did not, Retain God in their knowledge. God gave them over to debasement. I don't want to know you, God, to do the things which are not fitting. And being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness. Here we go again with same list, basically, that's in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, defeat, deceit, evil-mindedness, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, who, knowing the righteous judges of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. They're getting other people to do it along with them. This is, this is where we are. This is, you say, well, the world's always been like this. Well, maybe it has. But you and I have not always been in every part of the world. We're here now. We're here now, and all of us are going to have to give an account of ourselves to the God who is coming again, who's coming back. And the, you know, the fear of God, the reverence for God, the respect for God, the honor, the looking to God, uh, obeying God in the simplest ways by eating the food he wants us to eat, protecting yourselves from GMOs and pesticides and destroying your little bacteria in your stomach, which gives you, by the way, all these things bring death and destruction, physical calamities. The body can't take all this stuff. We can't live under the oppression of sin. We can only live forgiveness and in peace and relationship with God that's good and peaceful and sustaining. So the thing is, I mean, even now, even now in this, the God of this world, the prince of the power of the air, who's created increase of knowledge and abilities to go to and fro in our technology and our digital world, he is creating, uh, messing with our vibrations, our frequencies, our abilities. And so we become anxious in our minds and we don't know what's going on. We, we take more drugs. We, take, we use medications and drugs to calm down the voices, to calm down the, the vibrations or speed us up so that we can match them. We, we, take, uh, atten- we have attention deficit. We have hyperactivity. We have insomnia. We have all these things that are frightening us, and, and we're just out of control. You've got to stop. Just stop and say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, have mercy upon me. Lord, you are coming back. Jesus, I, my life is out of control. I turn it over to you. Pull me back into the place of peace and revelation of you, Lord Jesus, that I can be ready when you come because these things are coming upon the earth. And, oh, by the way, one more sign that is happening this month at the end of, of this month, September 23rd, is the revelation of the woman in Revelations chapter 12. Mm-hmm. The, the woman, the virgin, who, is going, is, who appears, a great sign, it says, appeared in the heavens, I'll read it to you, Revelations 12.1. Now a great sign appeared in the heaven, in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun and with the moon under her feet, and on her head was a garland of 12 stars. Now this would be one of the, several of the constellations. This is the constellation Virgo, the virgin woman. Okay, she's clothed with the sun, and the moon is under her feet, and on her head are a garland of 12 stars. It just so happens, just so happens that this moving of the constellation uh, Virgo uh, and Leo, the lion, are coming together. Leo is crowning her with, the three, with, with 12 stars. 
he's got three in his constellation and the three planets, Mercury, uh, Venus, and Mars, are entering into that uh, grouping to make the 12 stars. It says 12, a garland of 12 stars on her head, in her hair. Then being with child, she, is cry, she cried out in labor and pain to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a fiery red, fiery red dragon having seven hands and ten cords and seven diadems on his head. Going back to the woman clothed with sun, the diadem of stars on her head, being with child, the planet Jupiter, which is called the king planet, which refers to Jesus, the king, is in her womb area, in Virgo's womb area. That planet has been there for basically nine months. And it is exiting, I think, on the September 22nd. Um, and at that point, he's, she's going to give birth to, well, this is all prophetic. This is all in the constellations. It is written in the stars. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we've seen all this before. No, actually, configuration of the woman, the virgin, Leo, the 12 stars, Jupiter in her womb. As far as they project forward on their computers for a thousand years, they cannot find this constellation configuration again. And going all the way back, they can't find it, except if it would be in the very, very, very beginning. And that would be when Adam was created. But so she's going to give birth. Now we say, well, this is symbolic. This is Israel. This is this is there's two or three symbols here. We have the woman who's the virgin, Mary, her child give birth. When Jesus was born, there was a great unloosing of Satan's wrath in the, the children that were the, the the birth, the death of the innocents, the murderous bloodshed. And now again, when this woman gives birth, uh, what is this child she's giving birth to? We think it's the child, this Jesus. Well, he's, she's giving birth. Maybe she's giving birth to Jesus through in the Jewish culture. Maybe Jesus is finally going to be recognized as the Messiah. I don't know. Well, some some have believed, say that this is that it's the birth would would be like the in in this constellation would be like the rapture of the church. Ooh, so, yay! So, so yeah, so there's there's different views on that, and I, I'll just mention is that way because she was caught up. She was, she bore a male child and that was, was caught up. Yeah, and was, it could refer to the church and her many, child. Was, so the church is part of bringing forth the, that the child. Ch- the church the and she was ch- caught up to God to His throne. Right, right. Well, basically, traditionally, that view has been you know that that refers to Jesus Christ mm-hmm. that, that that was caught up. And uh, but then you know so what you could do is I'm going to refer. Oh, to look this. at here. She says it says in verse six. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a, has a place prepared by God that she should feed her, that he should, they should feed her there for 1,260 days, 1,260 days. That's an interesting number because it appears several times in the Bible. And it also happens to be the number of days between the first blood moon back in April 15 of 2014 and this constellation timing when mm-hmm. I think it's Rosh Hashanah, September 20. One through twenty-three. This is one thousand calculated as one thousand two hundred sixty days. So very interesting. Well, I would, just a con, just a, a coincidence, I would imagine. I would. Well, there's no such thing as coincidence. Yeah, there's no Hebrew word for coincidence. We don't. Believe God that. doesn't do coincidence. If you wanted to, I'm just going to refer to this now. There if, are signs if, and if, deliberate if, if you could acts, go, acts. If you go onto YouTube, it's uh, Steve. I can't. I don't know how to pronounce his name. It's C I O C C O L A N T I C O Cocolante. Discover Ministries. The topic is uh, September twenty third, two thousand seventeen. Uh, the greatest end, end time sign, in Revelation twelve. And so he's talking YouTube, more about this. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, he'll talk more about that in detail. Now, by saying that, I am not necessarily endorsing. We're not endorsing everything that he teaches. Well, you know what? Here's, can I say something but, about that? Can I just say this? You know, there are many awesome men and women of God out there who preach and teach on their subject area, and they're, ex- they're excellent. And yet they maybe don't have it all put together in another area. They, everybody right. doesn't have all the wisdom and truth. And, and we are not here to judge a person who says one thing, he's brilliant in this, and he maybe says something else, but something else that I don't agree with everything he exactly. says. I don't have the right. He's a servant of God. I do not have the right to judge him because he said something about something else that I don't agree with. Who knows if I'm telling all the truth or know all the truth well, about everything exactly. I decide is true and not true. Exactly. God so, is the judge. 
And I know people have come up, uh, uh, you know, saying, well, you know, don't endorse this and don't endorse that and take this one off your website. Because, don't, because he because, said this or he said that. And guys, we're in this together. OK, yeah, discern, Just right? Listen, be at peace, be at peace. Check that out. Uh, YouTube Discover Ministries, Steve. Cio Carcolante, Chicolante, whatever you saw. <laughs> Cio, anyway, September 23rd, 2017, Get the greatest end time sign. It is a good, a very clear you know, explanation of the way it could be uh, interpreted here, the Revelation 12 sign. You know, another thing, uh, Marjorie, all these things, all these signs mm-hmm. that we've been talking about, and it's just a whole gamut. Oh, signs I got to say something. A- all these signs, you were just going to say, all these signs cannot save us unless we take heed to them. Right, exactly. All these signs are intensifying in mm-hmm. these days. But what are they pointing to? What what all the signs yeah. in the scriptures from the basically from Genesis to Revelation are pointing to God. It's pointing to calling us to repentance, calling us to faith, calling us to you know abandon our wicked ways and follow him. To believe Jesus, to, to believe, believe God, Jesus believe Christ. Yeah. And there's another aspect of signs that we haven't t- really touched on and I maybe just share a little bit about that. It talks about those that believed went everywhere, preaching the word. Mark 16. And the Lord, and they went over, let me just just read it. And this is something that we have to recognize as well. In Mark chapter 16, it talks about the uh, believers that went out and preached. Um, He says, um, and these, he says, go into all, Mark 16, 15, and he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That is every person, not to the rocks and the the, um, rabbits and stuff like that. But he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who Believe. believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And it speaks of authority over the power of Satan. If they drink any deadly anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Amen. And then it says in verses 19 and 20, So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached. Where did they preach? Everywhere. Where did they preach, Marjorie? Everywhere. Everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. signs. When, when mm-hmm. they basically, when Philip went down to Samaria to preach the gospel, it says that they believed, seeing the miracle, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Miracle is, is another sign. word for sign. Or it's it's, it's a, a mighty work yeah. that's a sign that points well, Jesus to said, the Lord. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Uh, so he's talking about the finger of God, the kingdom of God. He, he, casting out demons, going back to Mark, casting out demons is a sign that the kingdom of God has come near to you. So we're living, people, in, in two or three or four numberless dimensions can live in this earthly dimension with our time and space or we can live in the heavenly dimensions and do the miracles do the work of walking in the spirit and know that the kingdom of heaven has come near to us that's right you know that the kingdom of god has come upon you and i believe right now in these last days whatever the last days are the last days they talked about We're the, the last of the last of the last you know you can you can days. dispute that if you want to and waste your time disputing where we are is this the last days? Do I have a little more time to do what I want to do before I get really serious about this God thing? Or are you just going to dive into it now and, and live your life for God? You, really seriously, every day that you delay in making that decision to just follow Jesus Christ, you have wasted a day. And you've, you've, you've wasted a day and lived a day that you're going to have to give an account of that you're not going to be happy for giving account of. I, I'd say if you're going to plan on accepting Jesus Christ and following him, getting in, get in 100%, then do it today. Why do you delay? You say, well, I've tried that and it doesn't work and I really don't know if God's really coming back and blah, blah, blah. Who's saying that to you? Who's talking to you? Is that the Holy Spirit leading you into all truth and triumph or is that the enemy using your own voice, your own thoughts, debating within your soul to try to get you to delay something? So we just, you know, it's time. It is time. The signs tell us Jesus is coming. Revelation 12, 
the solar eclipse, what else do you need? Right, exactly. The, the Jews came to Jesus and said, show us sign. a sign. He says, I'm going to give you a sign. It's the sign of, the, of Jonah, which means is, is, as three Jonah days, was yeah. three days and three nights in the belly of the, of the great fish, I'm going to be three days, three nights in the heart of the earth. And, I'm going to, and he basically said, I'm going to rise again. So this is the sign. Jesus has come. Jesus gave his life for you on the cross. Jesus Christ rose again. He ascended to heaven. He sent the Holy Spirit. He's come back. All the signs point to Jesus Christ. And and it's time that you you and I direct our lives. And our energies, our hopes, our thoughts. To serving him him and being part of his kingdom. So, Lord, we thank you Mm -hmm. for this time today. Thank you, Lord God that you have even actually made your people as, a, as signs and wonders to this world. Yes, Lord. Help us, to be, no, help us to be people that will point others to you, Jesus, yes, Lord. While, it's, while there's still time yes, before Lord. it's too late. Help us Father to do God. that faithfully in the power of your Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. Let us become a sign and a wonder. Let us become, Lord God, your servants, willing to do what you call us to do. And, Lord, you work through us mightily for your glory. And as Jerry is praying for this salvation to come, revelation to come, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah. LifeRecovery.com. Yes, LifeRecovery.com. Hey, we're going to put up that picture of the solar eclipse in the, in the heart of Leo the lion, uh, Lord willing, today. So check it out. Thanks. Yep. God bless you.